Nobody likes traffic congestion. But as we sit in our cars fuming with frustration, our cars are fuming as well, contributing to a much greater problem than just being late for work. According to one study done by Harvard School of Public Health, air pollution from traffic congestion in 83 of the nation's largest urban areas contributes to more than 2,200 premature deaths every year. Traffic congestion is not only a nuisance that adds unneeded stress to the average city-goer's workday, it is also a leading source of carbon emissions, having negative effects on our health and our environment. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Preview of Tomorrow. I am your host, Mike Lake. In today's preview, we will hear from Alexander Esposito on how his company, Circuit, is providing a cleaner, cheaper, an even more fun way of getting around our cities. Innovation, resiliency, discovery. Join Mike Lake, president and CEO of Leading Cities, as we explore the technologies shaping the possibilities of our future with a preview of tomorrow. Hello and welcome, Alex. Um, thank you so much for joining us today. And another welcome to all of our listeners. I'd like to introduce you all to Alex Esposito, the co-founder and CEO of Circuit, a progressive startup that is reimagining public transportation in cities. Now, to start us off, Alex, uh, take us back a bit. Take us back to what got you interested in this issue of transportation and the, the challenge that congestion um, creates within cities. And and how we can evolve it to be more equitable and sustainable. Sure. Well, you know, we what got us initially interested was it was a hometown parking problem. And um, the issue was parking at a beach. And there was an overcrowded parking lot. But at the same time, about 1.2 miles away, there was an underutilized lot. And that's what opened up our eyes to last mile transportation, which has now become a buzzword. And um, how that results in, in traffic and congestion. And I, I think, unfortunately, um, with the rise of the ride shares and uh, declines in mass transit, uh, we're seeing more congestion in our cities than ever before. But it all stem stemmed from a very um, real local issue. So as, as so many of these uh, issues really do. So tell us a little bit about what what is the the challenge facing cities like I, I think all of us you know in our day-to-day -day experience within a, a city uh know the pains and the trials and tribulations of trying to get across the city trying to get to work on time uh trying to get home whatever it may be it's, it's not always easy um but put this into context for us sure so i you know Traffic's something we're, we're all familiar with. And uh, what's amazing to me is about a third of all vehicle trips in the US are two miles or less. So you have this sort of perfect storm of problems where congestion's a problem in itself, uh, but it creates other problems. There's the impact on the environment, impact on productivity, the economy. Um, at the end of the day, it's a pretty, the answer is pretty simple. We just need less single occupancy vehicles on the road. And so there's been some great technologies that have come about um, from services like Lyft and Uber that have, have gotten people to, to drive less. But 
some of the on-demand features of these services, when you're not pooling riders, have actually created more traffic in a lot of cities. And they've also pulled people away from mass transit options. So I'll, you know, I'll be the first to say that the best way to move a, a thousand people from point A to point B is, is a train. Um, but trains don't work in all locations. And so there's in all use cases. And oftentimes trains and buses aren't the best utilization, best way to move around short distances. So a lot of what we focus on is cutting that last mile and making it easier for people so they can connect to the train, so they can connect to the bus, and ultimately so they can get out of their own single occupancy car. And that's really what it comes down to, isn't it? It's a matter of convenience. Um, you know, we just want to get from point A to point B in the, the simplest way, the most convenient way. Um, and public transportation, for some of us, it meets that. But in many instances, it has its downsides and it makes it less convenient or too inconvenient. Yeah, I think that's a great point. And I think the there's a lot of benefits to on-demand type services, um, but they need to be done thoughtfully. And if you're getting a private car to come and pick you up to go a mile down the street um, or using it instead of getting on a train or bus, that's where you're adding a lot more vehicles to the road and ultimately creating more traffic, more pollution, more problems and less productivity. So tell us now, how is Circuit resolving this challenge that, as you said, we are all familiar with, too familiar with? Yeah. Um, so Circuit is, I like to say we're, we're combining the user experience that, that people like about some of the rideshare services with the quality control, job creation, and sustainability benefits that, that cities often look for in their own programs. So what we do is we're a last mile shuttle service. And so what that means is that we work with cities and some private developers to offer short range shuttle solutions. Uh, we use fleets of 100% electric cars. We use teams of W2 paid hourly drivers. So we're creating local jobs. Um, and we use an on-demand app uh, within a geo-fenced coverage area. So circuit's not gonna take you from the city to the airport, but it will take you from where you are to the train station so you can get to the airport without having to drive. And so what we're hyper-focused on those short distances and that can be true with pack with people, but also, you know, we're seeing packages uh, causing congestion more and more in some of our cities. So um, we we try to be the uh, the good guy, electric, short range type of of ride share service. And I think that's a big difference. Is there's ride hailing and there's ride sharing. And so we we also uh, try to pool our passengers whenever we can. Um, less so recently due to COVID, but but the goal is to to get more people to ride together and ultimately less cars on the road. And so to, what does it take to get circuit in my city or any city for that matter? So there's no silver bullet. You know, every city is, is a little bit different. Um, but but we have some great contracts with cities like uh, San Diego, uh, a program there called Fred San Diego, where we work closely with the city. Um, in Hollywood, Florida, um, we work with the city and the CRA. Uh, we've also worked in New Rochelle through the development office. Um, so typically, you know, it's, it's working with the city, but th that's a broad term. That can mean a development office. That can mean a parking yeah. department that has parking issues. And so, um, you know, if you want to learn more or you have suggestions, um, you know, our website is available. And, um, you know, we, we love to really roll up our sleeves and work closely with our partners to def 
to create and deploy effective long-term programs that meet the needs of that community versus just a catch-all solution. Because if it works somewhere, it doesn't necessarily mean it's going to work uh, in the next city. So now let's get down to the user experience. Walk us through a little bit. Um, assuming Circuit is now in our community, um, how do I use it? How does it work? So it's, you know, anybody that's used Lyft or Uber won't see huge differences. Um, it's you can take out your phone. Um, in most cities, not all, we also accept street hails. So you can just simply flag a car down. But the majority of our riders will use our app to request a ride. Um, all of our rides are pooled. So there's a chance that you may pick somebody else up along the way. Um, but the average ride is normally about 1.1 miles. So you never really feel like you're going too far out of the way. You pull open the app, and uh, if your pickup and your drop-off zone is within our predefined coverage area, you can get a ride, and it's it's completely free. Um, we are able to fund the service through our partnerships with cities, uh, private development partners, and also advertising partners. That's amazing. So you're not only wow, you're not only solving this this problem as we've talked about that everybody faces about trying to get from point A to point B easily within a city, that first mile, last mile, whatever it is. But you're also adding jobs, uh, you know, W two full time, part time, whatever jobs, but but reliable jobs. Uh, you're strengthening the local economy. Uh, you're you're an all-electric fleet, so you're reducing carbon emissions and, and saving the planet. Uh, Alex, is there anything you're not doing? <laughs> um, we could be doing all of this in more cities, um, and you know we are we are looking at um, some similar versions of the app. So some would be we we just recently added a smart spot approach, where some of our city partners have said, well, we'd like to predefine some of the pickup and drop-off areas. So it's not fully on demand. You might have to walk a, a block or so. Um, so that feature is now available that we're looking forward to deploy with, with one of our partners. Uh, we also have the option to implement a fare. So we've historically been free, but obviously some, some cities um, would like to reduce some of the budget needed for a program like this. So that's a situation where we can implement a small fare for the rider as well. Um, so, so lots of exciting developments on the horizon, um, but uh, working closely with with cities like the one we have is is really our goal, and to uh, not compete with a lot of the other rideshare companies, but specifically focus on those those more congested downtown areas, the transit deserts, which is normally that distance that's a little too far to walk to the train, and and we want to complement the mass transit that's already there and get people back on the train more so than we want to compete with it. You know, I, I read a study some years ago looking at transit-oriented development, which in theory sounds so good. And of course, I think all of us support the concept. Uh, the study looked at the reality of it. And what they found was new developments around transit nodes um, attracted a higher income group of people, you know, because it was new buildings and nice restaurants and, and whatnot. And Unfortunately, most of those families that then occupied these new developments had vehicles <laughs> and weren't using the transit options that were available to them and simultaneously forced others further away from the transit that they need when they, they might not be able to access a private vehicle. I, I love what you've talked about in terms of leveraging the partnerships you have 
to, to provide access to transportation to communities and, and individuals, families that just don't otherwise have access to it. And you talk about the transit deserts. I mean, these are real. Even in a city where you think, wait a minute, we have too many cars. How can there possibly be a transportation desert? The reality is for not everybody, um, those those vehicles aren't working for everybody. They're not there for everybody. Um, so whether it's that that short distance to a, pick up a child after school or to an office or to a doctor's appointment or whatever it may be, groceries even, right? I mean, those simple things. Um, these can be hard burdens, real burdens for people um, who don't have access to that transportation. So the idea of, of having um, a more reliable, equitable, uh, environmentally friendly system is to me sounds like you know the the triple crown of transportation um well, yeah and I'll, you know i'll add to that too which is really something we've heard from our riders is they like using it and and i think mm-hmm. that's you know the this the the big part that gets overlooked in a lot of transportation planning is you know how many people can it hold well if if people aren't riding it, that's kind of an irrelevant point. So, you know, we focus very effective transportation is one that people use. And so we focus very heavily on, on that rider experience because getting back to your example about the transit oriented development, I I don't know what the transit was like that that development was near, but you know, there's some great case studies where adding Wi-Fi to a bus can make such a big difference. Um, And so what we have, have tried to do is, is make a, a simple and easy solution for that last mile that that people actually want to use because they enjoy hopping in, they enjoy speaking with the local driver. And, and I think in a way we've learned a lot from the scooter companies. You know, I know there's that's been a polarizing topic for some, but something we can all agree on is they're kind of fun and kind of cool. So that was enough to get people to try them out. And and so how they're managed, that's a different story. But I think they they showed us and proved that. If something's new and different and cool, then the curiosity gets there. And if it's enjoyable to ride, people will keep keep riding. So last question for you. Take us down the road, 10, 20, 30 years. Circuit is everywhere in every city, every town. What what paint the picture? What does that mean for for people living in that community? Well, you know, there's there's an acronym that people use, uh, CARES. Um, uh, the future of, of mobility is connected, autonomous. Um, I'm missing one of them. <laughs> um, electric, shared, um, and and I'm, I'm forgetting the R. Reliable. But I have to, re- reliable. I think that's it. Yeah. Um, but we think the autonomous is coming. Uh, I think the costs are going to take a little bit of time before they start to make sense. Um, but, but the way we look at it is, is single occupancy vehicles shouldn't be in cities. So, I, you know, I picture a future where people park on the outside of a city and they're shared electric modes to get around. Um, people take a train into or out of a city and they're shared electric modes to get around. And so, you know, we realize that we're not going to change all of transportation. But if we can focus on the, the city side of that, where there's too many cars in too small of a congested area, uh, I, I think that's that's where we'll fit in. And you know, just thinking about, say, Manhattan, um, 
there's a lot of people that drive right across town or man, in Manhattan. And, you know, that's a situation where shared electric modes could really reduce the number of vehicles. And parking would be cheaper, too, because they could park outside of the city and, and use shared transportation to get around it. And, and so I think we're slowly getting there. And I'm, I'm excited, you know, for, for all that's to come. So for all our listeners who are interested in maybe driving or certainly downloading the app and, and calling their next ride on circuit, uh, or for cities, frankly, um, who might want to bring a more equitable transportation solution to their community. How do they learn more and get in touch with you? So we're available at uh, www.ridecircuit.com. And um, you can ask for more information about or nominate your city. Um, and we'll reach out to them. It's always helpful if there are, you know, any contacts at those cities that, that we can speak with. If you're a rider and you're, you're looking for a ride, you can download our app. Uh, just search Ride Circuit on either the App Store or the Google Play Store. Um, or shoot us an email at info at ridecircuit.com. And I did remember the acronym. It's CASE, Connected, Autonomous, Shared, and Electric. And uh, we're missing the A part right now, but I think it'll be here soon. Got it. Um, <laughs> And, and I just want to say, you know, an extra emphasis on that nominating of a city, because working with cities, I do know that uh, city leaders really weigh the input from members of their community when it comes to trying something new and something innovative. Uh, so I can't stress enough, anyone listening, uh, please go, if you want to bring circuit to your community, please go online, nominate your city. Um, it, the more the more uh, voices that speak up, the more likely it is to happen. So, Alex, with that, I'm so excited to to watch your success. I can't thank you enough for for developing this solution, being so innovative on something we frankly take for granted, and uh, to bringing this opportunity to cities around the world. And thank you. And you know, I've really enjoyed um, working with the the organization, and and the Excella City program was incredible. And um, love all that you do. A big fan of the show. So so thanks for having me on. And thank you for tuning in to this episode of Preview of Tomorrow. Listeners like you are essential to advancing our efforts to drive resiliency and sustainability for all. I ask that you give us a rating on Apple Podcasts or whichever streaming platform you prefer. Your feedback helps us to grow and share these brief previews of what life in the future can be. In addition to thanking our guests today, I want to thank Peter Roy and Demetria Bridges for making this podcast possible. If you enjoyed this episode, please subscribe and encourage others to also join us each week in previewing the possibilities of tomorrow. Preview of Tomorrow is brought to you by Leading Cities, a global nonprofit driving resilience and sustainability for all by unleashing the potential of the world's cities. Join them at leadingcities.org.